This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's up and welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson filling in for Sean Kelly. Hope this Wednesday finds you well. It's a pretty busy one here at the Auctioner Sports Performance Center as the Saints are currently involved in NFL free agency. Of course, Drew Brees signing with the club yesterday. We'll have more on that in just a few moments. And then on the Pell side, they're coming off a big win over the Charlotte Hornets last night, 119-115. to They improved to 39-28 on the season and right now hold the fifth spot in the Western Conference standings with a big one coming up tomorrow night against the San Antonio Spurs. We'll hear from David Wesley um, on that and much more, of course, since it is a Wesley Wednesday. And we'll also get some thoughts on NFL free agency with John DeShazer of NewOrleansSaints.com. We'll talk about Drew Brees, the signing of Kurt Coleman as well, the safety from the Carolina Panthers, and what can we expect next from free agency and the NFL draft. Uh, earlier today, uh, Drew Brees spoke to the media in a conference call about signing with the team and plenty more. Of course, it's a two-year deal for number nine as he stays with the Saints, and I don't think it was really too much of a surprise that Drew Brees is back. Um, but nonetheless, happy for number nine to be back in black and gold. Earlier today on the conference call, here's Drew Brees about signing back with the Saints. Um, I'm, I'm very excited um, about the opportunity again in the future of uh... – the, the you know the near future with our team, um, you know this was just. Uh, I mean I've not I've made it known you know from the very beginning that I wasn't going anywhere else and it was just a matter of you know us coming together and, and getting a deal done that would you know continue things on and, and that's that's what we were able to do and I think we've always had great communication we've always been very open and honest and upfront with each other and so you know it's just a matter of, uh, you know, getting it done before the uh, the free agent deadline. Of course, even though we all knew that Drew Brees would be back here with New Orleans, having free agency and having to work on a contract, it still was a little stressful for number nine. Well, just maybe just a little bit from the standpoint that, you know, you're trying to do something that is very fair for both sides. Um, you know, I think I've always tried to take a very logical and reasonable approach to every contract. Um, but I think especially now, you know, you, you, uh, you want to be able to look at the big picture and how it affects the rest of the team and how, you know, you continue to build the team so that you can make you know, a run at, at the ultimate goal. Also something Drew Brees hasn't dealt with since being back in San Diego as a free agent is dealing with other teams wanting him. Of course, he's always been a saint um, ever since he joined the team from San Diego, but this is really the first time that other teams have had some interest in him knowing that he was technically a free agent. Of course, Brees was uh, never wavering, but he said it was interesting having teams court him during this brief period. Yeah, that was, because I've, I've never been in that position before, you know, except for back when I was coming off of my injury in San Diego. So that was the first time that I, I really was in a position where, you know, I was, in essence, 
you know, people were able to make offers towards me, you know. So that, that it, it felt a little weird. I mean, again, my mindset has always been that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to be playing for the Saints and I'm going to retire a Saint. So it's not like I was really taking any of them seriously. But just to, just to hear, just to hear the offers and hear the, you know, feel the attention and, um, that was, that was, that was interesting. And you can listen to the entire press conference on the OrleansSaints.com or the mobile app. And of course, we'll have more from John DeShazer here coming up on today's show. Again, David Wesley from Fox Sports New Orleans and John DeShazer. We'll start with JD next, NFL free agency. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us, the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more, and always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. What is big? Big is a ballin', shot-callin', gravity-defiant offense and a lockdown defense. Big is you and your posse getting loud and proud. Big is an insatiable appetite for winning. Come see the Pels in a heated Southwest Division matchup against Chris Paul, James Harden, and the Houston Rockets Saturday, March 17th. Visit pelicans.com for tickets. New Orleans Pelicans, do it big. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. NFL free agency is officially underway, even though there are a lot of rumblings yesterday with the legal tampering period. Joining me now is John DeShazer, not a free agent for us, and happy to have him here in Studio B. How's it going, J.D.? I wouldn't say that now. I can be taken by the highest bidder. Of course, the only problem is there's no bidding for my services right now. So I'm pretty, as as a, a guy would say who's not being pursued by anybody, I'm pretty happy where I am. Yeah. <laughs> We'd offer you Max anyway, so you wouldn't be going anywhere, that's for sure. Uh, the big news of yesterday, obviously, the uh, Drew Brees signing back with the team, two-year deal. We won't really get into the civics of the money, but it seemed like uh, both, se- both sides uh, – Got a good deal. Well, he said he wanted to be a Saint, and the Saints want him to be a Saint. So that seemed to be a pretty easy fix. And they were able to come to an agreement before Drew Drew Brees could actually hit the free agent market. So that's a good thing. I mean, we're talking about the best player in franchise history, uh, the best free agent signing in franchise history, a guy who is going to finish as the all-time leading passer in terms of yards and touchdown passes, probably. I think he's tied with Tom Brady for third right now, but, you know, he'll probably – um, hopefully uh, end up with more than Tom Brady. So, you know, for the Saints, it's a signing that made sense, even though Drew Brees is 39 years old. He has not shown any signs of slowing or or big-time wear and tear. I know his numbers were down last year, but that's because the offense was more balanced last year. So he didn't have to do as much, and that's a good thing. That could extend his career and his efficiency. So a great signing, really, and great for both sides Both sides, because Drew Brees wants to be a Saint. He wants to finish here, and the Saints want him to be here. 
Yeah, it would have been a little weird seeing him in another uniform, but I don't think there was any doubt in our minds that Breeze was going in. No, I mean, he said from the beginning, he said from jump at the end of the season, I want to be a Saint. I'm going to be here. In fact, he didn't say I want to be a Saint. He says, I'm going to be here. I mean, he basically said, I'm going to be here. So there really wasn't a whole lot of drama to it. I know there were reports here and there and rumors here and there. But when the guy says, I'm going to be here, you take him at his word. Drew Breeze is one of those guys. You take him at his word until something drastic happens otherwise. Otherwise, you take him at his word. When we talk about Drew Brees and this, I guess they don't want to hear the word window or window, but it feels like these two years, three years, especially with the young talent and the emergence of Alvin Kamara and the offense, Michael Thomas, that this could be the window for Drew Brees and the Saints. Look, they, they might not want to hear, people might not want to hear window, but look, Father Time is undefeated and, and will remain so. So at some point in time, Drew Brees is going to diminish. I mean, that's just a fact of life. How long can he extend and how long can the Saints hold open this window? They've got a pile of young talent, uh, whether it's Alvin Kamara or Marshawn Lattimore or Marcus Williams or, you know, um, or Ryan Ramchek. I mean, there's a lot of young talent on this team and a lot of guys who are in kind of their mid-range years who are coming along and, and playing well and still playing at a high level. So this is a good time for the Saints right now. It's a good time to be a Saint. Is it going to get more difficult? Of course, because now having won the NFC South division, everybody else in the NFC South says, okay, that's the target. You know, they're looking, how can we make additions to beat the Saints? So it becomes more difficult, but the Saints certainly seem to have the roster to be able to, to maintain for the next couple of years and give themselves a great chance uh, to get to where they want to be. Let's, let's not forget they were one play away from the NFC championship game. So, you know, now you're trying to, Take that next step, and hopefully uh, the pain and, and anguish from last year is enough to propel you into this year. What can you tell us about Kirk Coleman, who also signed with the Saints from Carolina? Well, very productive safety. I mean, you know, one one his first year in Carolina, he had seven interceptions. He was injured some last year, didn't get a pick. But, you know, he seems to be a guy who will fill that kind of, you know, I guess Kenny Vaccaro slash Von Bell role, and Von Bell is still on the team, but he's a guy who – is, is comfortable in coverage. He's a guy who you can put in the box and he'll get some tackles for you. So he's a guy who seems to be a, a good fit for what this team does. This team uses three safeties a lot. So you've got Vaughn Bell, you've got Marcus Williams, and now you've got Kurt Coleman, who is a veteran who can come in and kind of give those younger guys some pointers. I mean, it's good to have a veteran back there. It's good to have a veteran who not only is productive, but a veteran who has been to a Super Bowl as Kurt Coleman has and did with the uh, with the Panthers back a couple of years ago. So I think a pretty good addition in terms of leadership, in terms of a locker room addition, in terms of a guy who's going to be great in the community, and also in terms of a guy who's going to be uh, a good mentor and, and hopefully a productive player. Grab your crystal ball and tell me about what's next for the Saints as far as free agency. What positions do you think they might try to – acquire in free agency and what they might hold out for for the NFL draft? Well, I think a defensive end or defensive lineman is something that they might go after in free agency. And, you know, you last year they were really fortunate to get Alex Okafor, who turned out to be extremely productive, and then he ruptured his Achilles and, and you know, that ended the season. So hopefully if Alex Okafor can't return to form or if he's going to be returning later in the season, that might be something that the Saints might go after. They might go after a tight end. We heard about the uh, the conversations with Jimmy Graham. And so it's obviously a position where they feel like they might be able to get a little bit more production out of it. And they might have to go outside the building to get someone there. Maybe wide receiver because 
You know, it depends on what happens with the Willie Sneed situation. We know Ted Ginn's under contract. We know Michael Thomas is under contract. Those are your two top receivers. Um, Brandon Coleman might be a guy that they hope to step up a little bit, but they might decide to go and maybe get somebody who's not a bigger name, but a guy who can fill a certain role on this team. Now, Willie Sneed filled that role for two consecutive years before he pretty much fell off the cliff last year. Can he come back to form? We know he signed to a certain tender where the Saints can match if they want to, but if someone gives him a blow-it-out-of-the-water deal, then are the Saints going to match that, or are they going to say, okay, we can get you know that from somewhere else, so maybe they can get it in the draft because this is supposed to be a draft that got that's pretty good at receiver. Uh, I know Sean Payton mentioned that he likes the quarterbacks in this draft, so we'll see where that goes and whether or not the Saints even draft a quarterback, whether they go with one high because you know you've got Drew Brees on the contract, obviously. They like Taysom Hill. They like Taysom Hill on this team. He's an extremely uh, good athlete, and he's a guy that might be the future at quarterback. But if he isn't, can you find that guy in the draft? Uh, again, Sean Payton mentioned that this draft, he likes the quarterbacks, so that might be somewhere they might go uh, in, in the draft. For those who, you know, with his free agents, there's a lot of flurry of activity and a lot of teams paying some big money to go after some free agencies, but obviously the Saints have not done that yet. What do you say to the fans that may think, why aren't the Saints going after some of these big names? Well, I remember last year, though, even with the Larry Warford signing, that was farther into free agency. Um, what do you tell fans that maybe are looking for more of a, you know, some off-the-chart signings? I tell fans that all sizzle isn't steak. Uh, sometimes you, you sit back – and the best free agent signing is the guy who is a little bit more under the radar. Um, when the Saints signed Ted Ginn Jr. last year, did anybody think you know, that Ted Ginn Jr. was going to have the season he had? Uh, so sometimes you go out for the big guys, and, and the Saints have done that in the past, and it has not worked out so well. You know, let's hearken to Jairus Bird. You know, let's not forget that kind of yeah. signing that didn't work. Let's hearken to Brandon Browner, uh, that kind of signing. Those were big, you know, big names, and, you know, it was – you know, a lot of, you know, splash around it and a lot of glitz, and those didn't work out. You don't have to have a big name to be productive. You know, you just need the right guy for your system and your fit. That's why the Saints feel like they got a good guy for Kurt Coleman. They feel like they got a guy who fits what they do, and that's what you're looking for. You're looking for guys who fit the vision that you have for them as opposed to getting a guy and he's got a big name, but you don't necessarily know if he's going to fit what you do defensively or offensively. So you got to have the right fit, and that right fit might not be a big name, but he might turn out to be a big name for you. Between Ted Ginn, A.J. Klein, and now Kirk Coleman, Saints are picking away some of those Panther players Yeah, right now. <laughs> stealing some Panthers, and then Kirk Coleman. Kirk Coleman is a double dip. He's a, he's a Panther that you get away from a div division rival, and he's an Ohio State guy. And obviously we like Ohio State guys around here. So, you know, so yeah, he's a, he's a double dipper. New nickname, Ohio State South. That's yeah, what exactly. New is starting to be. And, and, and who knows, maybe maybe more additions in the future. Because Ohio State, I'll give them this. They turn out NFL players, productive NFL players. Absolutely. Look at Michael Thomas here for the Saints. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Appreciate the time as always. John the Shazer, put your Pelicans hat on and bring home a win tomorrow in San Antonio. Well, hopefully it'll be a little bit more easy to do without Kawhi Leonard on the court for uh -huh. San Antonio. So hopefully the Pels will be able to take advantage of that. And uh, you know, after that two-game losing streak, now let's see if we can get back on another winning streak. A two-game losing streak after a 10-game winning streak. You know, it's pretty, it's okay. But let's see if we can rip off another four or five in a row here. And speaking of the Pelicans, we'll hear from David Wesley next on the Black and Blue Report. Boom! 
Now, Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game, Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. What is big? Big is Drew Holiday, red hot from the perimeter and ice at the foul line. Big is DeMarcus Cousins, a 6'11 defensive flamethrower that vaporizes man-on-man -man coverage. Big is Anthony Davis, a laser-guided missile of athleticism aimed at the rim. Come see the Pels battle the Boston Celtics Sunday, March 18th for Military Appreciation Night. Join the Pels for a night of family fun. Visit pelicans.com for tickets. New Orleans Pelicans, do it big. Guess what day it is? Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Well, this is not a coffee shop, and I'm not Sean Kelly, but still, the show must go on as David Wesley on a Wesley Wednesday joins us here, Fox Sports New Orleans analyst and all-around good guy. Hello, David. Good morning. How you doing, Daniel? I'm great. How are you? Nice win last night against the Charlotte Hornets there. Yeah, it was a good win, and, and a much-needed win it was one they definitely – uh, the Pelicans couldn't afford to let get away. Um, you know, Charlotte did a nice job there in the third quarter, but I thought when it was coming down the stretch, the one thing that I'm I'm pretty, uh, you know, I think the, the the Pelicans have handled well this year, especially lately, is is close games and and playing well when the game is close. So. Them coming out with a win, I kind of felt like they would. And they made the plays down the stretch. Uh, Drew Holiday, uh, big, especially in that last few minutes. Um, they got the plays they need, and I thought everybody pitched in, which was good. Well, you mentioned Drew Holiday, and Anthony Davis said after the game that he, he should be the one thinking Drew Holiday after how clutch Drew was down the stretch. What have you seen from Drew, not only just in that game last night, but that during the 10-game winning streak? You've seen a different Drew this season. What's impressed you the most about his play? I think it's his aggressiveness. His, at times, taking, taking over the game. Uh, I think he's, he's still shooting threes, but he realizes that he's a better scorer. And him getting in the paint and creating his assist numbers are up, his rebound numbers are up. He, and his defense will be there forever. Uh, the way he defends and, and makes it tough on perimeter guys, whether it be a one, two, or three, is it's really impressive. So um, I think it just, you know, since they, since Cousins has gone out, he realizes that he is that number two scorer, and he's come out and kind of proved it, stepped it up way, uh, stepped it up a lot. So it's been fun to watch. Uh, David, we talk about the pace of this Pelicans team, and it's improved since the DeMarcus Cousins uh, injury, um, but they've always been a faster team. When we talk about the pace and how fast they are, how does that translate on the court as far as the advantages the Pelicans have over some of the teams that may be a little slower? Well, I think for the Pelicans, it's you know they get into their offense quicker. They play before the defense gets set. Um, and it's a lot more fun to play that way. When the defense isn't set, you start to drive and kicks and your penetration, you know, guys are open and guys are catching the ball 
with guys trying to close out, the other team trying to close out so they can drive the close out, get into the paint, create more havoc. So I think that's their better style. The last two games, they scored 99 points in each game. Uh, they, that's not their style. They got to get up. They got to get up to 115, 120 uh, in that 10 game winning streak. Their lowest score output was 114 points. And they had 114, 118, and the rest were over 120. So 99 is not getting it done. So them getting their pace up and attacking defenses and um, and playing with that wide open style, uh, they still have to have good shot selection. Yes, um, I, I think for the most part that's the problem. Um, when you we talk about the seven games in ten gate, seven games in ten days now, starting with San Antonio tomorrow night, and this was brought up on our post game show yesterday. Is that high pace, that fast pace, a concern when you're playing so many games, especially that back-to-back-to-back next week, a back-to-back this weekend? Does those heavy minutes and the fast pace concern you a little bit with a tough stretch coming up? It does. Um, The fast pace, this heavy schedule, and then, of course, the fact that it's, you know, the last 15 games. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not going to be easy. And the coaches may have to be strategic in minutes played, who's playing, what games they're going to go after, which games matter more with this race. It's so close. Um, one, you, you can't, you probably won't get them all. I mean, chances are you won't get them all. Um, and then it's hard to, it's going to be tough to expect those guys to play that many minutes. Game after game after game, seven and 10 is, um, a bushel. So, you know, the, the coach is going to have to be strategic. The guys are going to have to be smart and make sure they get the rest and basically come ready to play. Let's talk about tomorrow night's game against the San Antonio Spurs. It was reported that Kawhi Leonard was supposed to return tomorrow against the Pelicans. Now he will remain out. But this is a, a Spurs team that has lost twice to the Pelicans already this season. The last time uh, things were a little different with San Antonio. Marcus Aldridge left the game with an ankle sprain. Greg Popovich uh, was ejected. But David, it's I don't think I've ever said this since I've been here. This is a chance to win the season series against the Spurs, which again is, is pretty surprising but pretty impressive. Yeah, no, they, they uh you know the, the the Spurs aren't the Spurs of, of old, but of course you know, we're not feeling sorry for them. Uh the Pelicans have had their rash of injuries and, and problems, so uh going there and beat the team that's out there on the floor. Um, I think Kawhi Leonard, you know, it's an interesting uh, story because there's so many different reports coming out of San Antonio, which never happens. There's a lot of chatter in San Antonio, which never happens. So sounds like there's some, some discord there going uh, with Kawhi and Popovich and, and, and that, but I think bringing Kawhi back could disrupt their, their system disrupt what they're doing. They're already, they've already fallen down to 10th. They they can't really afford to lose more. They got to win. So they may just go with who they have and just chalk this up as, you know, maybe Kawhi didn't come back at all. And I've heard that when I was in San Antonio talking to some people around, I heard that Kawhi may not come back at all. So, um, and last 15 game, what's the point, especially if they're not going to make the playoffs which right now they will not. Yeah, it's an interesting decision they'll have to make, that's for sure. 
Um, let's end on this with the with the big stretch coming up, and we've talked about it for these last couple weeks. How every game is important, especially with how the West is being played out, with the Pelicans right in the thick of potentially hosting home court. But the importance of tomorrow night's game only because of you have the tough back-to-back Saturday and Sunday against Boston and the Houston Rockets. Then you have the back-to-back-to-back, which is going to be tough no matter which teams you play. How crucial is this game against the Spurs tomorrow night? Well, uh, you know, I I don't know if you, you know, very important. You know, if if you're going to start strategically thinking about the games that you can win, that's what that's what makes Charlotte so important. Uh, sub 500 on your home floor. Now you're going on the road against the San Antonio team with some days in between. So yes, this, this becomes important. Then maybe you say to yourself, "Let's get the Boston or the Houston game." I'm, yeah, Houston game. So uh, maybe you go after the Boston game, but you know, kind of concede the Houston game. It's crazy to say but like I said there's this stretch is unbelievable and then you move on to the next one where you're saying hey we get this one but maybe we can see this one we maybe rest some guys on that game because uh, not only do you want to get through the stretch winning but you, or, or winning the right games but you also want to get through the stretch healthy uh, a lot of games a lot of minutes could be a little bit scary so late in the season so yeah this this becomes important in San Antonio and then what games do you try to go after after that? I know we're not in a coffee shop this morning, but you better grab some for these seven games in 10 days. I think all of us are going to need it, my friend. Yeah, it's going to be a tough stretch for us too. Absolutely. Uh, David Wesley, Fox Sports, New Orleans, and always a part of a Wesley Wednesday here on the Black and Blue Report. David, I appreciate it. Safe travels to San Antonio and bring back a win, please. Yes, I will do my best, and thank you. Have a good day. And there David goes as he gets ready to fly to San Antonio as the Pelicans take on the Spurs tomorrow night. Tip-off at 7.30. I'll have Pelicans warm-up for you starting at 7 o'clock. Sean Kelly and John Deshays will have the call on the radio side. And, of course, Joel Myers, David Wesley, and Jen Hale will have it for you on Fox Sports New Orleans. Since it is a Thursday, it's also another edition of the Alvin Gentry Show. That will begin at 6.30 on News Talk 99.5 WRNO. So a full hour of Pelicans talk before the Pelicans take on the San Antonio Spurs. It's certainly a big one with both teams fighting for a Western Conference playoff spot and a chance for the Pelicans to win the season series. And also you can check out today a Pelicans road trip preview, which you might can offer in myself as we get you ready for that matchup tomorrow night in San Antonio. That'll do it for today's Black and Blue Report. On Friday, Caroline Gonzalez and Cindy Robinson will take the hosting chair from me and Sean, and we'll have a Black and Blue Report for you previewing Saturday and Sunday's big games for the Pelicans as they welcome in the Houston Rockets and the Boston Celtics. Hope everyone has a great rest of your Wednesday. Fill out those brackets. Enjoy the next few games of 16 games in one day. I'll certainly enjoy it as well, but hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And thanks for making us a part of your day. For David Wesley, for John DeShazer, and Drew Breeze, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report.